in 2 Timothy in chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter two. I really appreciate Brother Jason stepping in at the last minute last week, and appreciate Diane making everything work so that Wendy and I and could listen in from home. We really that was really nice, really good. But we're going to jump back into Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two. Let's look together. We're going to start in verse 8, make our way through verse 13. This is King James as we begin this morning. The title of the message is Keep on Walking. Keep on Walking. Paul, writing to Timothy, verse 8, chapter 2, 2 Timothy says, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Think about that this morning. The word of God is not bound. Verse 10, therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Verse 11 is a song. It starts this way. It says, it is a faithful saying, if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Verse 12, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Jacob, could you do me a huge favor and get me a bottle of water, please? Thank you, sir. All right. <clears throat> I've got an interesting story here. This is from John Ortberg. It was from a fictitious manual for Peace Corps volunteers headed for South America, and it offers advice on how to handle a chance encounter with an anaconda. That's a really large boa constrictor. This is the list of instructions under the heading, what to do if attacked by an anaconda. Number one. Oh, hang on just a second. Thank you so much, Jacob. I appreciate that, bud. Number one, if you are attacked by an anaconda, do not run. The snake is faster than you are. How many of you in here could not run? Everybody here is running, right? Number two, lie flat on the ground. Number three, put your arms tight at your side and your legs tight against one another. Number four, the snake will begin to climb over your body. Number five, do not panic. Number six, the snake will begin to swallow you from the feet end. Number seven, step number six will take a long time. Number eight, after a while, slowly and with as little movement as possible, reach down, take your knife, and very gently slide it into the snake's mouth, then suddenly sever the snake's head. Number nine, be sure your knife is sharp. Number 10, be sure you have your knife. <laughs> John Orberg quotes these instructions and it makes a serious point. 
you never really know what curves life will throw at you, right? Amen? <laughs> you don't know what's lurking around the corner. But when you are called, and you will be called, you need to know what to do. And if you wait until a crisis hits, because it will hit, you have waited too long. You need to be prepared. And today's message is this idea of being ready and how to maintain and how to keep going when we need to go. All right, quick review. I'm just going to review chapter two, so we're not here forever. But do you remember what we talked about two weeks ago? Anybody remember the characters we brought up? There were four of them. There's the first one. The teacher, right? We're supposed to be like a teacher. We were supposed to pass the faith down. The soldier, right? His mind is not on civilian affairs, but on his objective, okay? The athlete, right? Don't drop the baton and the idea of endurance, which is all the message today. And the last one, and I love this picture, the farmer, right? <clears throat> the farmer was hardworking. He was diligent. So if you look at this next slide, just a quick reminder of those characteristics that we saw Paul speaking to Timothy. Everybody knows Paul is a missionary man, and he's trying to help Timothy. Timothy's going to have to guide a whole lot of churches. And so he went to pull up these truths. Again, the teacher will pass it down. The soldier, don't get distracted. The athlete, play by the rules. And the farmer, work hard. What is most important in your life? What's your life about? That's a pretty legitimate question, isn't it, right? What do you really hope to accomplish with your life? You want to set a world record for eating ribs? You want to catch the largest fish? Do you want to adventure to the highest mountain? What are you about? And what I want to share with you today, and I think this is something I really appreciate, Anna, Anna's lifestyle is such a witness to all of us, encouragement to us today. But one of the things that Anna is about is about people knowing about Jesus. And in that pattern, she follows right after Paul, who was very much that is who he was. He wanted people to know about Jesus. Now, some people, when they want people to know about Jesus, they just go tell them, right? You have some people who are really bold and really uh, outspoken and really not introverted, and they can really do that. Other people, I feel like that for me, example, I want lots of people to come to Jesus, but the way that I hope to be a part of that plan is to help believers grow and actually make biblical choices so that by their lifestyle, other people will see that and say, there's something different about that. I want to know about that. So that is kind of like my role. I'm not necessarily the one that's going to be carrying the sign on the street corner or that type of person, but I still think what I do is to help people to come to Christ by helping Christians be what they need to be. Who are you? Right? What are you about? And so I want you to be thinking through that as we look again at an example today. And we're going to look at very two simple points today. And they both are the idea of enduring. We want to endure. So let's look down, if you would, with me again in verse 8. This time from the NIV. Endure for the sake of the gospel. 
endure for the sake of the gospel. Today in our Sunday school class, I got out a yardstick. I don't think any of our kids knew what a yard was, so we may have to work on their education. I'm not sure. But what we did was we measured things, and then we tried to get the idea of eternity, right? How long is eternity? I mean, you could say, and I think Jacob even said infinity, right? Or maybe Solomon said infinity. Okay, the idea of it just goes on and on. And you guys, many of you have seen this before, but the, the thing that stood out to me was when Francis Chan, he's a, a pretty famous speaker, writer, he took a big old white rope, <clears throat> and it was probably almost as big as like this room. And he had the rope start here, go all the way around the room, and the rope came all the way up. And then he had about this much of the rope that was either taped or painted red. And he said, this is your life on earth, but this is your life. <laughs> right? And it was such a vivid picture of eternity. And so what I want to tell, challenge you today is the things that we're during about, the things that we're pushing for, are so much more than your 80 or 90 or 100 years on this planet. And that's why they're important. That's why we've got to take them to heart. So let's look again. Verse 8, Paul says to Timothy, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. I love that. Verse 10, Therefore I endure everything, for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal, notice that again, eternal glory, right? Now, you may forget a lot of things in this life. <laughs> Anybody have any issues remembering? I was sitting at that table yesterday, and there was like four or five guys, and we were all trying to remember the name of someone, and the, about the oldest guy in the room just pop that name out like that and it made me feel so bad <laughs> like oh boy if I'm already this far and he's still that way that place I got problems right you may forget a lot of things but what we cannot forget is the truth of the gospel very simply let's do the facts of the gospel again I think you know this but stick with me here this morning first thing about the gospel that's so important Jesus was born of a virgin right the virgin birth is one of the most important truths of the scripture. You can find out really quick if someone believes in the miraculous, if they believe in the idea of faith, if you ask them about the virgin birth. If they're like, oh no, that can't happen, that's just a story that was passed down, you get a pretty quick idea about where they are from. We are reminded that Jesus is God, and the virgin birth is a key truth in that it's also a reminder that God intervenes in this world, and he comes and works in this world. Second thing, Jesus lived a sinless life. That's what's so different about everybody else in Jesus, right? He was perfect. He never failed. He never sinned. Was he tempted? Yes. So hear me out today. This is really good, especially for our young people, too. Being tempted is not a sin. You ever been tempted to really wallop someone? Your spouse, maybe? Right? Oh, I can't believe that they said that. I can't believe that they did that, right? Now, Wendy has such a great husband, she never has those thoughts, amen? Yeah, I'd be lying if I said that, right? But that feeling that comes up to like, oh, that makes me, oh, I want to act out. Jesus had some of those feelings as well. And I think we discount his humanity when we pretend that he never felt. He was tempted in every way that we are. And here's something that's going to probably blow your mind. 
Jesus, if was he was here, he'd probably have COVID. No, right? You think the healer, he could heal everyone. But we never think about Jesus having a cold, do we? We never think about him having the flu. We never think about him having diabetes or cancer. But he had a human body. Did Jesus get tired? Did he get hungry? Yes. So if he did those things, he also would have been sick. Think about that. You're like, oh, I don't know about that one, preacher. I'm still debating that, right? Yes, we know he's God, but I want to remind you again that he was human, okay? So as we, these things, our God came from heaven to earth in the form of Jesus. That's such a huge part of the gospel, but he didn't sin. He did, however, suffer a cruel death, didn't he? We sang about it today, didn't we, right? Uh, the grace flows down and the nails in his feet and his hands, right? It covers me. Jesus suffered an eternal penalty in a finite time so that we can be reconciled to our good, good father. Right? Yes, that's gospel, okay? And you've got to figure out how that fits into your story so you can share that with the people in your life. Whether it's like Teresa on Facebook or Rick or Donna at work or Melissa at work, we got to figure out how we can take this truth and how it's changed us and share that with the people around us. Now, Sunday school, we were reminded about what is to come for us because what Jesus did, that he was resurrected, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven. I believe it with all my soul and I also believe with all my soul. The Bible says he will come again. The gospel. Okay, we don't need to overcomplicate it. We need to, don't need to go all kinds of crazy details and all that kind of stuff. We need to let people know that a sinless creator God was born of a virgin, lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried. He rose again. He ascended and he's coming again with life and liberty to all who believe. That's the gospel. Now, that combined with the power of the Holy Spirit can transform the world, right? So today, I want you to be thinking about that change that can happen when we simply speak those truths. Paul says, I'm going to endure for the sake of the gospel. Now, what happened to Paul because he was preaching the gospel? He was in jail, right? Well, a lot of things happened, didn't they, right? He got beaten. He was left for dead. He had all the care of the churches. He was shipwrecked. All these things happened because he was trying to do what the Lord wanted. Him. But in this case, he was in jail for preaching. Would you be willing to go to jail for the gospel? Huh? I hope I would. But some of us are so scared to even say the name of Jesus at work, it makes me really wonder if we would be willing to go to prison for preaching. Are you tracking with me? We need to be unashamed, and that's such a clear point in the message today. Now, here's another beautiful truth. Paul was chained up. I think the government thought, we'll take this guy, we'll throw him in jail, and we'll quash this gospel. That'll be the end of it. But what's Paul say about the gospel? Oh, that's so good. You can't chain the gospel, can you? Right? North Korea, can they eliminate the gospel? No. Afghanistan, can the Taliban eliminate the gospel? No, right? Because God's word is not chained. 
There are people, there are free will Baptist people in Afghanistan today living the gospel. God's word is not changed. Amen? Let that sustain you today, that even when difficult things come your way, and even for a lot of us physically, difficult things come our way, we're like, I can't do this. I can't carry on like I did. Don't worry about that. The gospel's not changed. You do what the Lord wants you to do, and the gospel will go where it's supposed to go, all right? God's word is not changed. Here's the thing that kind of hits me. Look at why Paul endures there in verse 10. He says, I endure everything for the sake of Jesus? No. For the sake of the elect. I suffer for you. That's pretty powerful, isn't it, right? I'm shipwrecked for you. I'm beaten for you. I'm stoned for you. I have the care of the churches for you. I am in prison for you because I want you to know the gospel. That's how much he was willing to endure. So I want to challenge you today, and I listened to a really good message on the way down um, from that meeting yesterday. And this truth just stuck out to me. Don't quit. Don't quit what? <laughs> don't quit preaching. If you're preaching and you're sharing the gospel, don't quit preaching. If you're teaching, don't quit teaching. Your kids, your grandkids. If you are sharing or giving or witnessing or loving or feeding or clothing or visiting or listening, do not quit. Endure. And positively think about that by your enduring, you are helping other people to come to know the Christ who died for you. Don't quit. Endure. Don't be afraid of man. Again, be mindful. Your obedience and even your suffering may rescue and deliver some to glory, and it is worth it. This is from Ronald Reagan's first inaugural address. In Reagan's first address, he referenced the simple white grave markers in Arlington Memorial Cemetery. He said, under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Trepto, who left his job in a small town barbershop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. And there on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We are told that on his body was found a diary on the flyleaf under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. And therefore, I will work, and I will save, and I will sacrifice, and I will endure, and I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost, as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. I'm fighting. He knows it wasn't on him alone but he's fine. Okay, the preacher's about to cry like crazy, but I think it's time for me to share something with you, okay? I really should, I want to do the movie clip, maybe we'll do it in a few weeks. Wendy and I were watching a movie on Winston Churchill a week or two ago. And if you guys know what was happening, Nazi Germany is just conquering left and right, okay? And they've come into France, and France is basically folding. And in England, what they're finding out is that most of their soldiers are stuck at Dunkirk. Like 300,000 of these soldiers are stuck there, and the Nazis are coming in to take over Dunkirk. And there's a little uh, battalion, or whatever, Michael could correct me on the terms, but there's a little group of soldiers a little further away, and they've been given the word that you need to, to stay until it's over. 
because we need them to be distracted enough that we can get these guys out of Dunkirk. Well, if you look at the story behind Winston Churchill and what's going on in Parliament, there's a lot of people didn't want him there. And actually, the person that had turned down the position, according to this documentary type thing, was uh, uh, Mr. Halifax. And he was high up. He could have been prime minister at the time, probably, if he had fought for the position. And so there begins to be a debate. Should we negotiate with Hitler? If you thought that all of your 300,000 soldiers were about to be slaughtered, would you make a deal? And so it's very interesting. Winston Churchill goes to the king. <laughs> and you know what the king tells him to do is he says, go to the people, Winston, and see what they say. See what their mindset is about the situation. Winston Churchill ends up getting on like one of the buses, <laughs> the public buses. Could you imagine like you're riding the subway or you're riding the bus and the next thing you know, the president or the vice president is just sitting there right beside you. I mean, you should see the eyes on all these people like, that's, that's him, that's the guy. That's the guy that's leading our country. And again, in parliament, they're having this debate, should we sell out to Nazi Germany or should we fight? And so he puts that argument to the people in that bus and he writes down every one of their names. <laughs> Well, what do you think? What do you think? What would you do if they showed up on these shores? Do you think, he said, some in parliament are thinking maybe we should negotiate, see if we can get a peace so we don't have a, a lot of destruction. What should we do? Should we give in to this Nazi Germany so we can have peace? And this guy says, never. This other guy says, never. And this lady says, we'll take broomsticks. If we have to fight tanks with broomsticks, we'll take broomsticks. And then what just like broke me to pieces is this little bitty girl. She says, never. We will not cave to evil. And it just crushed me. Because I feel like so many times I have negotiated a peace with the devil so that I could just keep striding along. And the Lord didn't call me to negotiate a peace. He called me to fight. We are in a wicked world, people. And the devil is working his way through every facet of our society. And a lot of our cultural things, which aren't gospel, but cultural things are breaking down. But there's going to be an attack on the God. There is an attack on the gospel like I've never seen in my lifetime. And we can try to negotiate some peace deals. Or we can fight. And we may have to fight with broomsticks against tanks. But if I could have that little spirit of that girl and be like, I will never, ever negotiate a peace with Satan. That's what I want in my heart. So my first thing here today is endure. Don't quit. Don't quit fighting. Okay, real quick, we're going to look at a song. Look down in verse 11. Endure for the opportunity to reign. Endure for the opportunity to reign. And here's verse 11. Here's the scripture. Here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will live with him. If we, what? Endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. 
for he cannot disown himself. Now, it said this is a, a, a song from the early church, and that little chorus that Paul has put in to a letter to Timothy to try to remind him. Maybe it's something that Timothy already knew by heart or something that he sang, but this truth is an uh, early song the church was passing along. Simple truth, but again, hear the gospel in it and this reminder to not quit. If we died with him. If you want to share in Christ's glory, what do you need to do? You need to die, right? Take up your cross and follow him, right? Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow him. We talked about that this summer very clearly, right? If we die, if we are willing to die to our sin, die to ourselves, and that's a daily death that we have to make, if we will let the Lord control our decisions, our hopes, our dreams, and our plans, if we will die with him, the song reminds us that we will live. I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, yet Christ liveth in me. Right? Amen. That's that gospel promise. If I will die, I will live. If you will die to self, you gain hope, you gain heaven. If you want to live, you must die. And if you will die, then you will live. If we endure... You must finish the race. Ever been around anyone who was a great starter? We were talking this week with some friends at work about we have some uh, administrators that they love to start a book. About two chapters in, they'll say, oh, this is the most amazing book ever. They want everybody to have a book study. And then the administrator doesn't even finish reading the book. They're great starters, right? And maybe you've seen people in a race. Like there's some people that could take off and they run that first lap, and they can sprint, but what happens? They run out of juice, right? This is uh, from Max Dupree. Oh, this is pretty good. He said, a friend of mine described a colleague as a, it was great at running the 95-yard dash. <laughs> that is a distinction I can do without. Lacking the last five yards makes the first 95 pointless, right? Here's our challenge today. Run to finish, finish strong. Don't quit. Endure. Again, sometimes God has to teach us about endurance, but there's a great reward with that. What's the promise if you endure? I'm going to treat you like my Sunday school class. I had to get all over them this morning. If you endure, what's the song say? What's the Bible say? You will also, it's not on the screen, it's in the Bible. If you endure, you will also reign, all right? So the Lord says, if you'll hang with me, if you'll hold on, if you'll not quit, I have a place for you. I have a spot for you. We will reign, but we've got to finish. And then he has this phrase in here that always makes me a little nervous because he knows that this will happen to some. If we disown him or deny him, he will what? He will disown us. We've seen it in the Gospels the same way. If you are ashamed of Christ, if you're ashamed of the Son of Man, he will be ashamed of you when he comes with his holy angels. Again, not my words. That's the words of Jesus, right? Don't be ashamed. Don't quit. Don't disown, but endure. The bottom line is this. God is faithful, and we can count on his promises. We can trust his word. We need to endure to the end. There is great reward and benefit for those who endure, for you and those you are serving. Again, Paul says, I endure for the sake of the elect, and I'm enduring for the Lord.
All right, last illustration, and we'll finish up this morning. This is uh, from Mark Coleman. <clears throat> Pastor Mark Coleman loves to hike, and he passed on that love to his son, Peter. When Peter was only five years old, Coleman planned an easy hike in the northern part of the Appalachian Trail. Coleman would lead them around a mountain to a lake in Vermont where they would spend the night. He made thorough preparation for the trip, including coaching his son. Over and over, he told them that it would be tough and it was okay to be tired, but they had to keep on walking. They had to keep on walking. Unfortunately, the walking was longer and tougher than expected because Coleman led them over the mountain, not around it. <laughs> Poor kid. The trail was steep and broken, and little Peter stumbled time after time on loose rocks, but they kept on walking. The hike was a burden, not a joy, but they kept on walking. Peter fell so many times he ripped the knees of his jeans, but he kept on walking. Finally, after one fall too many, he sat down and he cried. And as Mark approached him and began to speak, Peter cut him off. I know, Dad. It's okay to cry as long as I keep on walking. <laughs> That's a good truth of endurance, isn't it, right? You guys, it's okay to come in here and share a prayer request and cry. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to not have the answers. But here's that message today. In the Lord, in the power of the Holy Spirit, keep on walking, right? Sometimes it's not exciting. Sometimes it's downright hard. But do not quit. Trust the Lord and keep on walking. Let's endure together today. Let's stand this morning.